Welcome to another episode of The Messy Truths. My name is Martin Tan and I'll be your host for this week's episode. Uh, we have back with us today Dominic Soon, co-founder of local ground-up group called Battle.sg. They are a group of technologists, volunteers, over a thousand of them, really supercharging local charities and ground-up groups uh, with technology needs and just seeing how people can actually use their talents to actually serve. Welcome back, Dom. Thank you. We had, a really, we had a really, really good time talking about Better.sg uh, in the last time that we uh, did the Messy Truths. And I, I really thought a second episode would be really cool because there's so much we touched on. We, we, we talked about how um, you rarely, the groups of volunteers together, um, they all have different passion areas and so on. Um, you, we talk about how it's important for a good onboarding process as, as part of you starting Better.sg and how your co-founders came together. Um, but today, I really wanted to talk a little bit about the sector as a whole, how technology play a part. Um, you yourself is an investor in technology or you look at investments in technology. Um, so I thought we can actually just tap your experience, tap your know-how and just your thoughts on how technology can play a really important part in the social sector. Um, so maybe this just to start us off, from where you are leading Better.sg, you've seen tons of projects now that requires technology. Um, what are some of the key things that you feel are important when people are starting to look at, at least for the social sector, to look at technology and say, oh, it's not the best and the fanciest thing, right? Uh, sometimes it can be as simple as an app that aggregate things together. So what does technology mean for you in the social sector, yeah. So it's uh, I think technology people again, you know, I, I, you know, I sort of say that in the previous episode, and I'll say it again. People kind of mistake uh, the technology uh, challenge to be one about tools, and uh, you know, it's it's really not just that, right? It's a lot of it is about uh, processes, uh, getting readjusting your processes into something that's a bit more digital in nature, getting your existing staff to be comfortable with. Uh, what's what what is available? So things like just moving from wet ink signatures to digital signatures, right? Uh, you know, many many companies are, are still struggling to do that. Um, so I think I I think the process part of it is 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 uh, is not well un understood. Um, the second point about technology that I think people tend to uh, tend to miss out is that it is not just about your organization adopting technology. Your beneficiaries, your volunteers are more technology savvy as well, and they want to be engaged in a certain way. Um, so, just something like um, thinking about marketing and getting your message out. Um, you know, there, there, there are there are new digital channels that you can tap on, um, and you know, people will be very familiar with things like Facebook and YouTube and online marketing and and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but a lot of the projects that we do at Better.sg are actually are games. Right, there are games that are being created to uh, highlight a certain cause. So, for instance, we have one called OK or Not, which is a game that people play uh, to talk to discuss, you know, uh, bias, institutional bias, and dis yep. you can have a discussion on whether a statement is okay or not. Uh, we have a game called To Be You, uh, which puts yourself in the in the skin of a minority character and sort of experience how he or she is is going through life. Uh, in Singapore, so games like that, I think, uh, can be quite, uh, can be quite powerful. Uh, so, so it's, it's. I think when you when you think about the technology challenge, um, you know, it's not a just a technology challenge about your own internal organization. It's about how you deal with your partners, your volunteers, and even members of the public. What if there is a what if there is a dissonance between 
us as the organization and our consumer, so to speak, in this case, volunteers and beneficiaries and clients, uh, if you will. Um, sometimes they are a bit further ahead in terms of their technology consumption than us, uh, or sometimes we can be a little bit more technology ahead uh, of. So how, how do you think we can marry or find a common ground? What, what would you advise a, a social sector organization or agency to, to do? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot that, um, I think a lot of it is about conversations with different people, like other groups of, of, of people who are maybe more experienced in a certain space. So, you know, there, there are people who are, whose jobs are actually, you know, to be digital marketing experts. Um, so get those, have conversations with those groups. I think some charities may even go so far as to bring someone like that on their board. And say, you know, we have a challenge in, in, in engaging a different generation of folks. So why don't we, uh, well, let's, let's get someone on our board who can help us. I think every organization will have to decide what is the best uh, skill set to bring on the board. But that's something that they can do as well. Cool. In, in your experience now, is there a certain trend uh, in technology in the social sector or the tech for good space? Is there like a trend that you see organization jumping on or... Uh, a trend that you think organizations should be jumping on? Yeah, so the I think from an internal point of view, uh, the low-code trend is something that a lot of organizations are, are tapping on because I think in the past, the challenge was that, uh, you know, it was very difficult to uh, to find someone who could, or maybe charities found it very difficult to find a developer who could build something for them. Uh, even for a website, right? If you think about how we do websites now, in the past, it were hire a web design firm. Now you would just pull up Wix or maybe do something on WordPress and that's quite easy to do. Um, the same is true for applications. So, uh, you know, we talked a lot about uh, Airtable uh, as a, as a low-code, no-code uh, sort of solution. Um, you know, charities can can use a solution like that and that is good enough to get them going. So relying on low-code tools, uh, low-entry barriers, you don't need a huge amount of technical expertise. Uh, that's definitely one trend. Um, I think the second trend that a lot of organizations are thinking about is how we can uh, engage uh, volunteers digitally. Um, whether sometimes it's, it's about marketing, sometimes it's about um, you know even something as simple as managing a, a mailing list. If you are if you're still um, sort of in the early days of of digitization, um, sometimes it's about um, it it's about um, sort of uh, interacting with them through tools like WhatsApp or and and having that scale out right so that it's something that your own team can manage as well right maybe. Teams should think about, charities should think about getting a, a business account and they can run some automations through that. Uh, so I, I think, I, 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 so I think it's, it's those, those are the main trends. Uh, but I think the bottom line is that the barriers to entry to getting to digital technology are really, really low. And um, what you just need is someone who can sort of help you through that path and show you how you could use available technologies to get going. When you say having someone to help you through that path, one one of the challenge I think even not not just not just smaller charities, even larger IPC charities, for example, um, technology is a bit scary sometimes, right? Um, and then we sort of do a tender or we do a uh, request for proposals, and then we have uh, different companies coming in and say, "Oh, you need to spend X amount of money to digitize whatever you're doing." Um, what would you say to someone um, who are a little bit scared of technology. Like, I want to embrace this, but I don't know how. How, how do you get started to think or, or to have the right frame towards technology in the social sector space? So I, I, I think that's actually one of the challenges that we are trying to solve at Better.sg through our consulting arm. 
And um, I think we what we do is that we sit down with the charity to understand what their needs are and be quite clear on scoping out what how much do they need because we don't want to overspec a solution uh, for some for something that is not needed. Right? Even when we when 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 I look at software companies on the investing side, uh, software for a large company is very different from software for a small one, even though you know they both seem like software solutions. Um, and I do think that for some charities, uh, the most basic system is enough. Um, but the second thing they can do is that uh, they can do experiments. And actually, I, uh, it's remarkable how many great uh, sort of projects have come out through internships. And what you find is that actually you have interns who are coming in. They're young, they're te- technically capable, uh, they have the right mindset. And oftentimes, if they do a small project with the right guidance, that actually goes quite far. And you know, so so I think starting with some just a small experiment, implementing something digitally, getting someone who is digitally native to guide you, uh, is a a small incremental experiment that can eventually scale into something that's much larger. Uh, and you know, those things can happen anytime, right? You don't need a huge grant to do that. Um, you just need sort of the willingness to give uh, someone who's very new to your organization a little bit of trust, and um, and see how you go. And you know, we have uh, our consulting team can help uh, charities with that. Um, there are also other, uh, you know, other groups, uh, folks like Conjunct Consulting that we also yep. uh, work with. Uh, you know, so there are groups out there uh, who have sort of access to a pool of, of young folks uh, who can come in and, you know, maybe inject a slightly different, different way of thinking. In, in the technology space, as you look at all the new things that's coming up, are there some new app or new software or new trends that you're seeing that you get really excited about and say, hey, this can do so much wonders for the charity sector. This can do so much wonder for volunteer management. This can do so much wonder for uh, client servicing in, in, in your world. Are there new technologies that, are, that excites you today? Yeah, they, I mean, the, it's, I think each, again, it comes down for each, each charity, there, there are different options. Uh, we kind of talked about the, the three tools that yep. we like very much, which is, you know, Airtable, uh, Zapier and 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 Notion. I, I you know I feel like a lot can be done with just those uh, three things, um, but the I think I think the 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 other trends would would uh, be sometimes uh, in the case of of uh, of payments. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you know we there you know there are obviously companies like Stripe and so on, but I think that uh, if you find the right payment providers, they can also give you options. Um, implementing uh, pay now, you know, actually it's it's incredible. Uh, one of the things we really should be very proud of uh, for our government to to have, to have encouraged because now it's so easy to make uh, all those payments and not and digitally right without having to take that cost on. Um, you know, I I I think you know this this is a is a bit niche, but uh, you know Twilio has been a great partner with us on on call home, and they basically allow uh, um, you know connectivity to be provided digitally, right? So if you needed to reach out to your uh, volunteer base uh, via um, SMS. Uh, you know, if you know, maybe it's a base that doesn't really use WhatsApp that much. Uh, they can automate that for you as well. Uh, then, of course, um, but if, if it's a more digitally uh, native base, then are there all all kinds of communications tools available from uh, WhatsApp to Telegram uh, that you can use as a tool to engage a, a, a younger demographic? Actually, now it's quite a broad demographic because I think quite a lot of folk, I mean that's true. WhatsApp is almost universal, right? Yep. Telegram maybe biases a little bit younger, but. Um, it's becoming more and more widely used. So I think um, the communications aspect um, is something that is quite new. 
Um, and I mean, in many cases, actually, is a technology that you know you don't you don't really have to pay for, right? You just have to figure out how to to have those integrations and to integrate it into your existing processes. Typically, when you look at a consulting project or a technology project with Better, um, do you drive it from what's possible in terms of, or, or is it driven from the target audience point of view, or is it? driven from the organization point of view. A case in point, for example, if I'm working with the elderly, for example, right, um, their consumption of WhatsApp is very, very different yes. uh, from now, these days, uh, a young person's consumption of WhatsApp. So if you were to advise a, a charity that works in the elderly space, how, how would you go about doing the consulting? How would you question them? What are some of the things that you will ask uh, to bring to surface some of the technology needs? Yeah, so I think understanding... What's the problem they're trying to solve is important. Now, if the problem they're trying to solve is how to engage the elderly more, um, you know, obviously WhatsApp is not the solution. But actually, a lot of the cases that we see, that that not that really isn't the, the challenge that they, they have, right? I mean, these are charities that have been engaging the elderly since they were created, right? That is their core expertise. That uh, probably doesn't change that much. Um, but what they are trying to explore more is how to engage a volunteer base who is getting younger and more digitally uh, savvy. They're also trying to think about how to improve themselves uh, in, in terms of their own operations. So we would sort of scope, uh, we'll talk to them, have a discussion, uh, scope a project uh, that is feasible and then propose something that, and we say these are the range of tools that we may use and and, and then go from there. I think I think we are, we are sort of very conscious of saying that um, you know, technology is a panacea that solves all of the potential challenges that they have. Uh, but I think if I think what you find is that if you de- define the problem clearly enough, then uh, the solutions can be uh, quite focused and easy to implement. Because technology doesn't solve a bad process or a bad premise. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And uh, I think more importantly is that uh, you also need to sit down with the organization and see how their operations are working. Um, so you know, if you want to push forward a digital CRM system, which again is a very common use case, uh, you do need to sit down with the the people who are actually engaging with the volunteers and say, okay, what is the information that you need? When do you need it? Um, then how does this go out in terms of communication? How much of it is by email? How much of it is digital? How much of it is a text message? Um, and then once you step through all of that, yeah, I think you have a better idea of uh, what what solution can be put forward. Let's talk about the people behind technology. Because in implementing technology is only, I would say, maybe 40% of the game. 60% is really the people that's behind it. Um, whenever we talk about organization really going digital, um, you inevitably come to this conversation between generations. You have leaders um, uh, or management who are far older in, in some of our charities. Um, that they have younger staff coming in who is a lot more native or a lot more savvy when it comes to technology. Uh, what would your advice be to to listeners who are dealing with some of these generational differences? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, from your experience, when you work with the charities, uh, is this part of the conversation you have with them? And if so, what are some of the advice you would give them? I think, well, most, most charities speak to us because they're coming to us. They probably have, I think, the right mindset. But... Um, I mean, Maybe it's uh maybe the I'll talk about the 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 dirty little secret about digitization, <laughs> which is that uh, very few organizations go through a digitization process by themselves, right? Even the largest organizations will hire uh, Accenture or maybe a BCG or EUI or so, you know someone like that to guide them through, right? And these are the most uh, capable organizations, the the most well resourced organizations. They need help, 
they are reaching out to third parties and they have the money to do so. And and part of the part of the motivations for Better.sg's consulting group is that we want to make you know some of that support and service available at a much smaller scale. And you know, it's you know, so I, I think once once if, if people are willing to say, okay, I, I have that need, uh, I need that help, then that actually is a huge part of the battle one. Because then we can start going down to problem solving. And a lot of our volunteers actually work in these larger organizations yeah. and we can bring them into this context and they can guide a project uh, around that, right? So uh, so for those who are trying in those organizations and they're trying to, to convince, uh, you know, their, their management, you know, they, you know charities, it's, it's tough to run a charity, right? They are, there's, you know, there's, you know the, the purse string is always tight. Uh, there's so many competing objectives. I would say, um, think about, think about what, your organization will be in in ten years from now, and think about what what that will how that how that will be how will it be attractive for people who want to join? Um, you know, people. Uh, you know, when nowadays I think if we went into um, as as professionals, we go into a workplace and you're still using a lot of on-prem software. Um, you know, you would you would feel pretty awkward, right? Because everyone's running things on on Google Drive or Gmail. Help our listener Drive. understand what's on-prem software, right? So, so I so I think most of the times, if we, I I suspect most of our personal email is is done by through a, br- a browser, effectively. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're not we're not running an email server at home, right? And checking our email. Actually, what we do is that we 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 yeah. go online and we use a software that's provided by a large cloud provider, and that saves us the trouble of running our own personal servers. Yeah. Um, so while as a consumer, we sort of take that for granted. Um, you know, there are, there are organizations out there that basically are doing the, in fact, almost all of the equivalent of running their own servers, right? They, uh, they, have, they, they have a particular software that they, 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 they download, they have to update it all the time. They make sure they keep it updated, um, you know, and, but now for the consumer experience that we have, it's not the enterprise experience for a lot of organizations that haven't moved to a, a digital, um, to move further in the digital journey. So I think what for what charities have to think is that when they get their volunteers in and when they get the people who work for them in, you want them to have the experience in the workplace that's the same as what they have at home. And it reduces that friction of coming in uh, it makes the it makes work more enjoyable. It makes work somewhat easier to understand. Uh, easier, easier it makes it easier to get get the job done. Um, and I think that sort of secures the longevity of of your organization. Mm-hmm. It also solves a whole a whole bunch of other things. So I think if you have, um, you know, if you have the right partners and the right vendors, uh, you worry less about security. You worry less about uh, getting software updated, being vulnerable to uh, cybersecurity challenges and things like yeah. that. Um, so you know all all those things I think um, mean that that you know having someone to guide you through that. I think the first step is just to accept that you know I, I need some help in this, and then the second is to um, is to speak to you know maybe it could be folks like us or people elsewhere in the in the in the ecosystem to to outline what the challenges are, and then um, get down get down to problem solving. I we, we want to come to security, and I want to end probably on that. But I, I thought you brought up a really interesting point um, in that. Sometimes technology isn't just about the organization's impact, but it's also about the ability to bring in people, the talent attraction, the talent retention to a certain extent. Uh, how do you reduce the friction of someone coming in five, 10 years down the road? Uh, because as digital natives as they are, 
the moment they come in, they, they want to have the ability to get their hands dirty straight away. They need the tools that they have and so on. So I, I thought that's a really, really interesting point. Um, I, I want to move to security very quickly. It's, it's, a, it's a major topic today whenever we talk about technology. It's probably not the most top-line recall for any charities. Um, we tend to see it as a cost. Uh, and you actually end up costing more if there's anything that happens. So what would you say to a social sector agency or organization who don't know what to think about technology, uh, security when it comes to technology, what would you advise them? Yeah, so security is difficult. I think even enterprises struggle with security. And, you know, when you think about what, you know, is there a checklist of the right things to do from a cybersecurity perspective? Um, You know, there there are sort of broad uh, guidelines out there, but every solution varies very much uh, depending on um, the sort of data that you're dealing with and the kind of organization that you have. Actually, Gaurav will be the best person to talk about this, or so maybe you should do another episode with Gaurav. Oh, we should. But, uh, but I, I, think, I think the first thing I would say is that, um, that for, for, for charities, look, the biggest, the biggest uh, security risk uh, is personal data, right? You don't want that personal data of your, you know, your, your, your clients or your beneficiaries or your donors or your volunteers to be sort of, you know, inadvertently released. Um, so governing how you manage that data is, is very important. Um, you know, so we, we, we would say, you know, if you had, uh, if you had a database, um, you know, you control access to that database, it's probably better than say, uh, having, you know, this Excel spreadsheet that basically gets sent around and forwarded. And then after a while, you kind of lose track of who has access to that. So again, simple example of how something that is, uh, sort of cloud-based provides you uh, a better way to manage it. Obviously it doesn't solve everything right yeah. someone can still uh you know screen capture you can still download something and copy and paste and all that but i mean just something like that i think is a better form of rights management compared to just um just sort of taking files and sending them around um then the, the i mean the, the the other thing to consider is um, um creating the right uh culture around cybersecurity. so if you talk to cybersecurity aspect uh, experts right you know we can use talk about very advanced tools uh, endpoint solution antivirus all that sort of stuff firewalls but uh i would say having a discussion with anyone who joins your organization to say that you know this cybersecurity is important uh, protecting personal data is important this is what you should not do i think having that training session just as a baseline probably gets you quite far Uh, most of the cybersecurity um uh, incidents uh, will have some kind of um, sort of human behavior element personal lapses right? Yeah. right that's right it's a, it could be a personal lapse it could be something someone hit by uh, some sort of uh, phishing incident um, or just a mistake right someone just just did the wrong thing um, so yeah just get a culture in place I think that that actually goes uh, quite far uh, to, to solving the most basic issues cool um, as, as we as we think about technology and I want to end with this um all of us want to do good, um, and all of us do good at, at different junctures and different pace to a certain extent. From your vantage point at Better.sg, um, how excited are you uh, about the sector embracing technology? Do you feel that the sector is really too slow and say, guys, please do this faster because the, the world is our oyster, we are at the, the forefront of this? Or are you at a stage when you're looking at it and say, you know what, we are at a good place right now. People are embracing. So between this spectrum, where do you think we are at in Singapore? Yeah, so I actually, if you look, 
uh, overseas and you look at, say, the US market, which is a very deep market, and they have large charities, right, which, are all, which can be very well funded. You know, there, are, there is software that is written specifically for, uh, for, for these sorts of organizations. That's how deep the market is. So you have paid software for, you know, it can be a specific that someone writes a software and say, this is a software that is used for membership-based organizations, right? You know, the like YMCA, it's a big charity. You can have software that is specific uh, for uh, churches, right? You know, which yep. is a, it is a nonprofit, right? I mean, it's such a, such a strong niche. Um, you know, in Singapore, I, I, I'm not sure if we are entirely there, there yet. Um, you know, I think people still do use software from elsewhere uh, for some of these specific uh, use cases. Um, but actually what, you know, for, for charities that are very well funded, I think, you know, it's just a question of sort of spending the budget and, and you know, getting the process management in place. I think what, what makes us uh, excited and interested is the, you know, sort of the, the very small charities, the ones that are doing sort of really good work on the ground. Um, but really, it's not a, a large organization, and they just don't have the mind space to think about it. And we want to help them uh, think that because we we see the potential, uh, and we see that you know having the right technology in place can be uh, important for their growth. Uh, and and we think that just simple things, just simple things like being systematic about your CRM system, being uh, having a right good uh, knowledge management system in place, um, can go quite a long way. And you know, you know. The technology is important, um, and you know some some parts are if you're building a game, obviously technology is is critical, but I think a large part of it is 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 the process for implementation, that um, you know that most people don't spend time thinking about, and you know we can we can help with that. Um, you know, at, you know, at, at, in the previous episode we talked about this being uh, you know one of our fundamental principles being uh, multidisciplinary, and I think this this is one area where being multidisciplinary really helps. Uh, because we, you know, we don't just have uh, technologists who can write software or build code. Um, we also have consultants who have helped l- much larger organizations go through a series of change. We have people who understand the space, you know, people who, are, who have been social workers before and they understand the realities on the ground and they know what is feasible and what is not. Um, and I think all of these things, uh, having all these people to come together to provide a solution often is the best way. And I think then that's where the flywheel start yeah because once you have more capacity to manage your internal operations uh, fundraising is better i know when in singapore when you fundraise you always ask about kpis and how you're tracking uh, this and that you know so having having the systems in place would that also uh, make answering those questions a little bit easier yes uh, and sort of smoothens the, the, the process um I, I know i know it's tough for charity they you know thinking about how i can better report my kpis to my to my grant makers isn't always a uh, top of mind, but I think you know, in in the long run, it, it helps to create that that narrative for themselves uh, that they are here for the long run. Yeah, they're here to be sustainable, and they're, they're here to ensure that anything that they build today is going to be relevant in five, ten years' time. I mean, we 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 agree totally because we see a new breed of philanthropists. Um, they are looking for data as well. They they're looking for information. They they want to know for every dollar that they're putting in, are they getting maximum return? Not in monetary return, but social impact return. Um, the ability for charities and, and social sector agencies to be able to uh, quantify uh, and report their impact is going to be really critical. And I, I think what I think you hit uh, the point on its head where if we can set in place and use technology to help uh, make it easier 
then it makes life a lot better for uh, charities on the ground and they can really focus on what they want to do uh, without having to worry, oh, I, I don't have these things in place. Uh, now I got to do it in place. And sometimes it's really a multiplier effect. Um, if you put in energy and resources in building your uh, digital capability or your technology capability, uh, it often pays maybe three times, four times in terms of the investments because now you can fundraise better uh, and so on. So um, one of the things that we we are passionate about in Majority Trust is the ability to support, like you say, smaller charities. Uh, the larger charities, sometimes they have the resource, not all the time, uh, but now they are better funding as well. Uh, NCSS have tech-to-go funding, uh, which really supports charities uh, really moving and, and digitizing whatever they're doing. Uh, but I like what you guys are doing. And, and one of the things that we want to be able to support better to SG is to be able to scale what you guys are doing uh, because it helps smaller charities that needs it. Yeah. Actually, one, one thing that I should say uh, that I think anyone from a smaller charity may be interested in is that a lot of these tools actually have non-profit plans and they don't always publicize it. Uh, so it doesn't hurt to ask. True. And 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 see what what you can get. You know, say yeah, I'm a nonprofit um, uh, based in Singapore. Uh, what do you have for me? Um, so you know, like something like like Notion has a great uh, nonprofit plan. Remember, it's, it's Slack has a very good nonprofit. Yeah, plan. Slack has a good nonprofit plan, which we're also on. Um, and uh, you know, we 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 have had conversations with some of the charities, and we find that they are using all these tools, but they're paying full price, right? Um, and and so you know, just 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 being aware of what what uh, is out there. Um, uh, can can I think can be can be you know can can help the experimentation that we talked about earlier be a little bit cheaper. Um, another thing that we have been sort of toying around is that we do know that some other charities that are using a, a lot of these services, and you know one one thing that we've been thinking about is that should we get together as a group and say that hey we, uh, you know we we can sort of speak together for a larger amount of service, uh, or, or contract value, uh, then. Each of us individually. So can we kind of bundle, you know, all of bulk our buy. bulk buy effectively, and and and, and the cost the Costco for the charity sector. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> the equivalent digital Costco, <laughs> but with uh, really high quality and premium product. So, <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, cheaper, better, faster. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I mean, we have we have done that actually in in one case uh, when we spoke to one of our partners and they said, okay, we'll bring this charity under Better.sg's uh, contract, um, and. And you know that, that that that's I think maybe the, the start of that if we can do a bit more. Well, we are really excited what you guys can continue to do. Um, what you do at Better.sg is tremendously important for our sector, um, and we'll support you guys as as far as we can go together. We have with us Dominic soon, uh, and if you want to hear our first episode that we talk about Better.sg specifically, um, just make sure you click the subscribe button uh, and find the first episode that we did. Um, today, we talk really about the sector as a whole, and I want to thank Dom for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.